I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internal, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a former midwife turned midwitch and I now work with women worldwide assisting them in having an empowering and natural birth experience and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions and packages and online courses for conscious mamas who don't want to leave their birth up to chance. I also mentor current and aspiring birth workers in my Sacred Birth Worker Mentorship Program. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at the Natural Birth Course com or connect with me on instagram as the natural birth podcast now if you love this podcast then please consider taking a moment right now and leave a review they mean the world to me and is also your way of helping me reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories together we are changing the birth narrative one birth story at a time Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Yerusha. Yerusha is a doula and a family and birth photographer and videographer from the Northern Rivers, New South Wales, Australia. She's one of the co-creators of Birth Time, the documentary, an international award-winning documentary about the maternity system in Australia and around the world. In today's episode, you get to hear about Jerusha's own two home births. The first being featured in the documentary with her whole birth team present. And her second being a fast and furious birth of only 33 minutes. Jerusha is full of birthing wisdom and insight into the birthing system. And this is an episode you don't want to miss. Curious about Yerusha? Find her on Instagram as Yerusha Sutton. Now, as always, I am here to support you in having your most empowering birth experience that you can have. In the show notes, you can download my free six steps on how to have a natural and empowering birth, as well as my free ebook on routine hospital birth procedures to help you prepare and write your natural birth plan. Of course, I'm also available for one-on-one -on -one coaching, support, and you can always take my online courses, the Natural Birth Course and the Nourishing Postpartum Course to further prepare your body, mind and soul for the transformational rite of passage that is birth and motherhood. 
This episode is sponsored by Needed, a beautiful woman-owned leading women's health supplement brand. I just love that Needed was founded by two mamas who were shocked when they realized that 95% of women who actually take a prenatal vitamin, which are most women, have nutrient deficiencies. So they spent three years formulating their epic products to cover us all in all stages of our life. I myself love their multivitamin in powder form, which truly has optimal levels in their best bioavailable form. I love their collagen in my morning cacao, and I am hooked on their immune support. It tastes delicious, and I love how it supports a healthy gut. And in these flu times, it feels like the best health insurance policy. And kids love it, by the way. So if you want to optimize your health, then I invite you to pop on over to thisisneeded.com via the link in the show notes, which gives you automatic discounts on their website with the coupon code, the natural birth podcast. Hi, Yusha, and welcome to the natural birth podcast. How are you? Thank you, Anna. It's so nice to be here. I'm really well. Thank you. So excited to have you on. I have watched the documentary Birth Time that you've been a part of and I've wept and I've felt such resonance. Mm. It's such a powerful, powerful documentary about the current times, not just in Australia, but really we're like worldwide. Um, and I, I wish everyone would watch that documentary. Maybe not when you're pregnant, potentially if you don't protect your... <laughs> If you're going to have a home birth, mm. then you're going to like protect your space. But if you're going into hospital, you should see it. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Mm. But we're here Thank today you. to not, I mean, obviously birth time is a big deal. Um, but we're going to talk about your birth stories, <laughs> which is so exciting. I can't wait to hear about you two home birth stories. So with no further right. ado, let's dive on into that. Tell us about... When did you become pregnant and what was your journey to deciding to have a home birth? So I, when I fell pregnant, I had been working as a doula and a birth photographer for 10 years, both in Australia and in London. So I had been attending births of all kinds from with private obstetricians in private hospitals through to you know, birth centres through to home birth. I, did, I had witnessed and supported women in the full spectrum of birth options. So uh, when it came time to make my decisions, I, well, maybe I had an unfair advantage, but I, I knew very well what I wanted. It was very, very clear for me uh, where I was going to birth. That was a non-negotiable. Yeah, I had I had witnessed a lot. That's it. I think a lot of people who actually are um, midwives, doulas, um, mm. who have witnessed all the different kinds of births, um, tend to choose home birth and birth center birth. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I set about, and I had a beautiful group of friends who I just needed all there. So I ended up. I, I knew straight away that I was going to have two doulas, and. My midwife at that stage, uh, that was just before the second midwife rule came in in Australia where you need you now need two midwives at a home birth. Back then, 
it was only one. So that was 2016. Um, right. The, my, my first birth. Hmm. At the end of that year, the rules changed and it, we, you needed a second uh, midwife mm. present. So I had two doulas, a midwife, I had a birth photographer, a girlfriend, my partner. So it was a beautiful clan of people. Wow, a big party. So I, mm. I love that and I love because usually women won't choose to have that many people in their birth space and, of course, we know about the importance of who you choose for your birth team and, um, you know, that all those energies can help or do the opposite. So I'm really curious to hear mm-hmm. about your experience around that. So, well, let's dive on into to then deciding to have a home birth and maybe did you have any early signs of labor approaching for you at all? I didn't. I had a dreamy, dreamy pregnancy. I had had no morning sickness. I'd had no tiredness. I just felt incredible the whole way through. Uh, it was, it was such an enjoyable pregnancy. And I, around Around 35 weeks was when I was 35 weeks when we started filming Birth Time. We did our first interview with Hannah Darlin at that point. And then three weeks after that interview, the Normal Labour and Birth Conference was coming to Sydney, which Hannah was organising. And she said, you know, you can interview anyone who's coming. All of these experts are coming from all over the world. And I was to be going to that conference and I was when I was 37 weeks pregnant and so we spent we had this massive week at this conference interviewing all of these people it was huge and then that weekend right on when I was 38 weeks I had uh, my mother blessing which was a beautiful way to kind of draw a line in you know heading into and heading into the end of my pregnancy and in my mind I thought I would definitely go to 42 weeks so I was ready for a few weeks of rest and downtime after all this excitement of filming and conferences and all the things. And uh, my mother blessing was on the Saturday and I went for a massage on this Monday and then I woke up on Tuesday with leaking waters. And despite having been a doula for a very, very long time, I was in absolute denial telling myself, no, this is, I must be well. Waiting myself, this can't be my waters. I am not ready to have a baby yet. I've got weeks ahead of me to sleep and swim and sew and all the things that I'd been putting off. So, and I'd had, I mean, I, through my pregnancy, I'd, I'd had, had very intense Braxton Hicks, but I'd had those all throughout. So that wasn't a new thing. And so, yeah, certainly no early labor signs. So that was my first sign. And, um, yeah, I woke up with leaking waters in the middle of the night, went back to bed, woke up the next morning, no contractions, nothing, and it wasn't until 24 hours later, so middle of the night the next night. So that day we set up the pool and just got everything ready and and then midnight the next night I woke up, bang, with a contraction. Mm. It was very clear. It was not, oh, maybe that could be. It was like, oof. That's what that is. Mm. And then three minutes later, another one came. And three minutes later, another one came. It was just on straight away. And so I tried to chill out. You know, I got up and 
got a hot water bottle and whatever, but it, it was quite full on. And so after a while, uh, we called in one of my doulas who lived two doors away. And I was very determined because I had been a birth attendant for 10 years at that point, I, res- I was very conscious of getting out of my birth work ahead when it came to my own labor. I didn't want to be overthinking things and managing things and trying to assess things. And so I'd said to my girlfriend who lived two doors away, I want to get you in first just so that you can be there and I'm just going to hand my brain to you. You can just be the witness and take care. If you're there, I'm just going to hand that over. Anyway, she came over and things were really, seemed like they were really trucking on. So she called in our birth team, which was just divine. I loved everyone just filtering in. You know, it was probably about 3 a.m. at that point. And um, it was just beautiful. It was what I'd, it was what I'd, imagined the whole way. I'd, when I was 30 weeks, I'd gone to Vipassana, a 10-day meditation, silent meditation retreat, and I had spent 10 days meditating 14 hours a day focusing on, you know, that moment and those details. And so suddenly it was all coming real. It was so special. Anyway, so they came in and labour kind of cracked on and I got in the pool and probably pretty classic First labor got in the pool a bit early. Things slowed down. I spent a couple of hours in there. Everyone got really dozy because it's those early hours of the morning, when, you know, to three, four, five a.m. when everyone gets a bit sleepy, and I was a bit sleepy, and my contractions all petered out. And anyway, eventually, I they convinced me that getting out of the pool was probably a good idea. And so we got up. The sun came up. We all got up, and we decided to go for a walk. Two of my girlfriends took me for a walk uh, through the streets to get my um, contractions moving because I was pretty flat at that point. And um, we we had joked. I'd heard about their birth stories and how one of them, their midwife, had taken them out marching, the, you know, pa- pounding the pavement to get those contractions going, just getting that movement happening. And so we set off. It was probably 8 o'clock in the morning and everyone was doing their school run and construction workers were on site everyone was around but I just put dark glasses and a tracksuit on and they marched me around the streets and they said we're not stopping for contractions and my goodness did it work we just walked and walked and walked and suddenly my contractions were coming every two or three minutes and we were walking through them and they were super duper intense it really got things moving again and it really shifted the energy and we did a few laps of the block and then went home and I marched around the house and marched around the backyard to keep things going. And um, that was sort of how we spent the morning with me, marching up and down the corridor of the house. Uh, and then we decided I wanted to hop back in the pool and they were like, they, they told me a little white lie and told me that we didn't have any hot water and that it needed a bit more time. And they said, why don't you go and have a shower? And in my brain, I was like, there's no hot water. How am I going to have a shower? But I, I kind of knew what they were doing. <laughs> so I thought, I'll take the shower. Let's do that. I knew, you know, and it was that thing where I wanted them to do the thinking for. I was just like, okay, I know where, I get it. I get it. So I got it. I got my husband and I went into the shower thinking we'd spend a bit of time in there and just get things moving. And um, just before this, actually, I asked for an internal examination and I was 
pretty much fully dilated, but I had a big bag of bulging waters. And I asked my midwife to, right, after I, I did get into my doula head at that point and I assessed everything that was going on and I knew that if that, well, we'd been stuck for a while and I asked her to break my waters inside of shifting things. And so we did that and then I went into the shower and literally the next contraction I was on my knees bellowing and I felt the first urge to push. Yeah, that's the power of breaking water, say, especially. Yeah, it was a yeah. it was a big one. It was a big decision for me to make. But anyway, I did in that moment. And so then once I, I just felt that urge and, you know, I just felt myself fill up with my baby's head and I, I said, right, I'm getting back in the pool now. And that was at about 11.30 in the morning. Mm. And I got in and second stage was sort of 40 minutes of pushing and at 10 past 12 I pushed him out into the water, caught him mm. with my own hands and brought him up to my chest. It was very, very delicious. I mean, that part of the labour was the most intense for me the pushing I couldn't believe the intensity of it all of the other contractions and everything else you know it was it, it was so powerful and so intense but that that it ramped up for me really at that point it was quite full on anyway so he was born and that was just extraordinary I mean the the, the footage of that is at the end of birth time actually so for anyone who's seen it that's that moment yeah yeah, and then pretty quickly I started to bleed quite a bit. My water, my birth pool turned quite red. And so they got me out, you know, blood splatters on the sofa and all this stuff. And I did have a little shot of Sinto eventually when that didn't calm down. Um, so I lost a bit of blood, and but I was in another planet. I didn't care about any of that. I knew I was well taken care of and I was just so astounded at what had just happened so yeah it was delicious and we curled up on the sofa and had a cord burning ceremony eventually after my placenta was born my dad had made me this beautiful cord burning box and so it all just felt so special and then they made lunch and drank champagne and we just had a birth party it was just divine it was the That's most divine beautiful. day. It doesn't sound like you bled too much if you had that beautiful ceremony and had a bit of a party afterwards. It I didn't. It, it, yeah. it was It was funny. I was symptomatic of it for a couple of weeks, but it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to hear as a, you know, birth worker first, having mm. had those 10 years, how was that mm. then going through that portal yourself? Could could you speak to that? Because I'm really curious about that, your experience. It was so fascinating. I mean, I've had conversations with I had had conversations all along with people when I was a birth worker who hadn't had children. You know, people saying, do people, do women care that you haven't had your own babies and that you don't know how it feels? That was always a big question I got. And I always said, well, even if I had had my own babies, I don't know how their labour feels. Even if, you know, no one, no, no two labours are the same and everyone feels it very differently. Yeah. And, you know, at, 
and up to that point I had said the benefit, I guess, of me not having my own children is that I'm not coming in laden with my own experiences. I'm not laying my experience on theirs. Yes. I'm coming in as a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was extraordinary. I, did, I mean, I just remember saying, wow, so many times throughout at the intensity of the interaction of the contractions and and the ability of my body and you know being on the inside of it I was really conscious of that of just being like whoa you know and I of course I guess your brain does slip in and out of you can't completely switch the birth worker off I was making decisions and I was aware and I was seeing the tactics that the, my support team was using and thinking oh, okay and I get it I get it <laughs> But I just trusted them so implicitly. I I loved them all dearly. So it was like this beautiful chosen family experience of just having some of my most precious people around supporting me through the most extraordinary day of my life. And I, as I said, I had envisaged that moment I, I desperately wanted to catch my own baby. I, that was something that my midwife knew was really important to me. I had envisaged that my husband would be in the pool with me, but when it came to the time, we didn't even have a conversation about it. I was just taking up all the room and he said, you looked so comfortable in there. I was not going to disturb that. And, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. The moment once his head was born, I had that break of, I don't know, maybe three minutes between contractions. That was, for me, is such a vivid memory of having my hand on the back of his head and just feeling that he was there and uh, I could feel him still moving inside me and I knew there was no turning back at that point. You know, it was like, okay, this is really going to happen. I am going to achieve this. And it was like time just absolutely stood still. Everyone was silent. And that was the most powerful moment for me, I think. It was just extraordinary. Wow. In between worlds. In between worlds. And I was on another planet. You know, I was out in the moon collecting my baby. It's just incredible. This is for all my mamas out there. Did you know I have a signature childbirth education course called the Natural Birth Course, which is designed to help assist you in optimizing your chances of having a natural, physiological and sovereign birth of your baby. If you see childbirth as a rite of passage like me and not as a medical event and you want to feel fully prepared physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually for your birth, then the natural birth course is for you. Included is over 40 bite-sized video lessons with me sharing all my knowledge about birth, your body, and your amazing womb. I share fear releases, meditations, natural birth video playlists, checklists, and guides to optimize your physiology and for you to have a sovereign and empowering birth experience 
24-7 from the comfort of your own home. There are different payment plans to suit everyone's wallet and needs, and you can find out all about it at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. So how long after that first birth did you decide to have your second? Yes. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> um for various reasons. My my little boy is an absolute firecracker and he takes up a lot of space and a lot of energy and, and we knew really early on that he needed a few years of just him. That's what felt right mm. for him. Uh, and I guess maybe when he was about three, we started to shift our minds to that. Um, birth time was ticking along. And anyway, we decided to start trying for another baby. And with Rudy, my son, it had taken three months for us to fall pregnant. And um, anyway, we started trying again and nothing happened for a while and months were sort of ticking by. And so, so then suddenly, you know, the age gap was getting longer and longer and, and also um, coming in, in, the, in the future was that the birth time release was happening and the interesting timing with that was that birth time was planned to be released in April of 2020 and then the month before obviously COVID hit and that whole plan had to go out the window and we had to put birth time on the back burner for a while. We were not prepared to release it without being able to fill cinemas with people and to sit with people and watch it. So that got put on pause and so we and then we had it rescheduled for February 2021 and so I had that in the you know in the calendar in terms of we were going to travel the country releasing it and there was no way I was missing that and so we had to and we were so we were also looking at the dates of that and timing conception around that so having months on months off it also during the COVID lockdown certainly the first one everything felt the world just felt so strange and awful and foreign that I and I felt so so much discomfort in the world around me that I didn't want to bring a baby into my body at that point in time mm. when I felt so unsettled so you know there was pauses during that time of like no not let's not try now let's wait or anyway so it was it took with all of those pauses it took us 12 months to conceive my daughter which, you know, is not that long, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, but I definitely got a, a, a sniff of um, what people experience with infertility troubles at that point. You know, I was wondering, because I was not young either, I was 40, 40. Um, not that I think age is anywhere near as much of a thing as it's made out. Um, but you know, we were really ready and, and I just, I started to think, well, this is how it feels when you get that negative test each month or when your blood comes each 
each month. I get it now when you so desperately are ready for a baby. I That gave me some understanding of that space. Anyway, luckily we did. We were very blessed to fall pregnant again. And and as the timing worked out, it meant that I was going to be about 30 weeks pregnant when we went on tour with birth time. Mm. Wow. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It, it seems to be a theme with your two babies that the first Baba was also yeah. in the end lead up there where the whole the big thing exactly. happened, right? And this was the exactly. Mm. Yeah. How was yeah. it to tour around then? Heavily pregnant, was, doing yeah. yeah, all these screenings and it was so beautiful. And because Joe Hunter, who I made the film with, so I made the film with Joe Hunter and Zoe Naylor and Selena Scoble. Joe Hunter's my midwife. So I had my midwife with me. Oh. <laughs> the whole time and you know we would do that she we we, we were in a in a hotel in Adelaide one night and she said oh surely you're due for an appointment sometime this week aren't you and she didn't have her gear with her so she went and got the toilet roll and did a little you know fetal heart check and Zoe's listening as well everyone's having a listen with the toilet roll and it was really really sweet and you know I we sat through that film every single screening I think it was 13 screenings around the country and this I had this baby in my belly on this journey of watching because all of my birth photos are peppered throughout the film from Rudy's birth and then his birth the video of his birth is at the end and so I was watching his birth over and over with this new baby in my belly who would just kick away the whole time it was it was an incredible time and being surrounded by people who were passionate about birth it was it was such a special time for me it was delicious it was tiring but I, I, that didn't worry me at all yeah lovely wow. so mm. for how long were you traveling for how many weeks was that uh it was about three it was three or four weeks all up okay so you had time to settle back before you mm. do and just Did you do that? Did you have the time this time around to actually rest <laughs> and nest and <laughs> sort of, sort of. I um yeah, I don't think I did too much in those weeks following. So I was probably back by 34 weeks. I can't remember. I did I maybe attend another birth in that time. Anyway, so yeah, I did a bit, you know, I had a two-year-old to run around after, a throat, sorry, a four-year-old to run around after and it was It was, you know, it was that. Mm. So, yeah, I um, I did have some downtime. And, again, I convinced myself. I mean, I didn't think I'd go to 42 weeks, but, again, I had had hectic, crazy Braxton Hicks the whole way through, lightning crutch. Like it was this time it was really full on, really full on. Um, but right through, from 14 weeks I was getting Braxton Hicks intensively. Um throughout my pregnancy so and that was just really full-on throughout and so that was my normal that didn't feel like pre-labor again to me at any point anyway I got to so my son was born at 38 and five days by the time he came 38 five and this time the day I was 39 plus one Joe came for a an appointment in the after, like at four o'clock in the afternoon, came for a check and she's like, anything, you know, what do you think? And I was like, oh, I think I've got another week. And 
she kind of laughed. We'd had a screening. We'd had an extra birth time screening on the Tuesday night a few days before that, and I was waddling around. My baby was so low and there was all of these midwives and Andrew Bissett's was there and Pat Brody and Nikki Leap and they're all looking at me going, this baby's not far away. And I'm like, it's got it. I need more time. You know, this is, I need more time. But um, anyway, so yeah, this was on the Friday. Joe came for the appointment. I said, no, I reckon I've got another week. Went out, watched my son riding his bike, came back in, was making dinner and something just shifted. I just felt I had what was like a Braxton Hicks, but it just felt a little bit lower. I went, oh, that feels different. Oh, okay. And I just thought maybe this time I'll get some pre-labor. I never got that last time. Maybe that's what this will be. And we had dinner and I felt a thousand miles away. I did not feel present at the table. Well, I should have listened to all of this at the time. Um, and then my husband was going to Ikea to pick up something, and click and collect at 8 o'clock, and I was putting my son to bed. And he said, do you want me to st-? I said, something might be shifting. And he said, do you want me to stay? And I said, no, no, gosh, no, go. There'll probably be nights of this. And so he went to Ikea. I put Rudy to bed, and things were just... Um, I was in having tightenings and they were definitely low. And I was like, oh, okay, this is possible. And I let my birth team know, but I said, don't get excited. This might peter out. So this is about 8.30. We were all on a group message and they're going, what's going on? You know, they'd said all along, don't be in denial. And I was like, I'm not in denial. It's just, and then eventually I said, I I was just trying to clean up my house in case something happened that night. I said, I can't even fold the sheets, actually. I can't, I can't, I haven't got long enough between them to kind of get anything done. And Nads, who's my neighbour, the one two doors away, said, why don't I come over and help you fold the sheets? And I was like, all right, come on. So she came over, this was about nine o'clock. And at that same time, my husband came home and they both walked into me on my knees in the lounge room over the sofa so it was sort of the first one that had really brought me to my knees and they were like and that said I'm not folding the sheets let's get the birth pool up and so they said about doing that and I was like okay maybe yeah maybe this is on so at about I don't know I called in the birth team who lived various distances away and at 9 20, 9.30, I thought, okay, this is on. And so I, I lit the candle on my birth altar. It was at half past nine. And the moment I did that, I got a contraction and the contraction seemed to last forever. And at the peak of it, my waters just flooded the floor. They just released everywhere. I was leaning over an armchair and they just went everywhere and I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is happening. And in my vision of this birth, I I, I was quite keen on a day. It's silly to get fixated on things, but I, I really liked birthing in the day before. And I thought this, I want this one to be a day birth because I wanted Rudy to be awake and aware and not in the middle of the night and being a photographer, I like life, I like nice light. And so, 
And I suddenly thought, my waters have just broken. How am I going to get through this? Am I going to lay through the whole night to get my day birth? Like, how is this going? I'm still like, oh, how is this going to happen? Anyway, I went into the shower and I hosed my legs down because I was covered in amniotic fluid. And they were, Nads and Andy were setting up the pool, blowing it up. And then I came out and my next contraction came and I was brought to my knees and I started pushing. Wow. And it was like full on. And I just put my hand down and my vulva was full of baby's head. So I called out to them. They stopped filling the pool and stopped connecting the hose to the taps and just came and sat with me. And I was going, no, this is too quick, this is too quick, this is ridiculous, this hasn't even started yet, it can't be ending now, this is crazy, this is madness. And I'm going, baby, slow down, please. This is what I honestly, two minutes before was the moment that I'd gone, okay, this is probably labour. And then suddenly I was pushing a baby out. Like it was just insane. And then at one point I had a break between, I had a couple more contractions and I had a break, which was maybe about seven minutes long. And it was at that point that I went, you need to stop denying this is happening because you're going to miss it. You need, you need to be present now. This is how your birth is going to be. And so then I started thinking of the things that I didn't have that I desperately wanted. And obviously I couldn't, magic my team there I couldn't magic a pool full of water my photographer wasn't there and my birth photos are probably my most treasured possession in the whole world from Rhee's birth I thought I'm not going to have any photos and I desperately wanted Rudy up and awake and with me and so I said to Nads take photos for me please and I said to Andy go and get Rudy and he said I'm I'm not going to do that I need to have my arms free for you. I don't, I can't have him in my arms and care for you at the same time. So I'm not getting him up until Joe comes. And I was like, okay, okay. So I get another couple of contractions and her head was born. And then the next contraction, her body slithered out into my hands in the hallway. <laughs> and there she was. So that was at about, I think that was at 9.53. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and Jo arrived right after, right after she came out. And then the others trickled in over the next half an hour. But, yeah, she came out in really, you know, she was in great condition, screaming, and everything was absolutely fine. So, yeah, it was really not the experience that I was thinking it was going to be it was vastly vastly different and it was extraordinary and it came with a lot of lessons and it came with some grief Mm. of what I was hoping for or thought it would be Mm. yeah it was extraordinary but it it was it was just magic it was magical in its own you know wild way I think Joe recorded my established labor as 33 minutes long is that from the waters breaking? Just no, it was from when I it was from ten minutes before that when I was like, okay, this is 
is on. But so yeah, so just before that, I probably had two contractions before that. Yeah, yeah. Isn't this? Mm. Is this? I just love it because it just shows that birth. There's nothing like what normal birth is. You know, there's no. Yes, we can talk about early labor. You know, active labor, transition, right? Second stage birth. Right. You know. But at the end of the day, some women will just skip all of those stages and go straight to yeah. birth. And some will be yeah. early labor for days. And, you know, it's just all so vastly different what is normal. And as you just said, too, like, because some people might go like, oh, my God, I wish I could have that kind of quick labor. Right. But it can also be really shocking and overwhelming and not necessarily what you actually want. So you just kind of absolutely, it. absolutely, and I say that with a great deal of, you know, caution and awareness that you know I had some grief around it. I'm I'm very very aware that I am very, very lucky to have had such great births, and for that second one, I mean, I I swear I didn't feel any pain in that second one. You know, there was an intensity of what was happening in my body, but I do not remember pain at all. But, yeah, my head, I just, you know, I was so looking forward to that journey of drifting off into the stars and being in labour land, you know, and spending some time going, okay, we're going to, you know, this is what we're doing and getting in the water and I'd envisage Rudy being in the pool with me and, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot and it was... um so so different but magical and so everyone came in and we all and but beautiful things you know after I had in my first birth when I'd asked my waters to be broken I was determined this time that that was I wasn't going to make that decision you know that I wanted them to break on their own or you know if it got to that point that I would break them myself but myself but I so you know that happened with gusto (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all of these magical things it was just on fast forward but and, but it did just feel like it was over before it began it didn't feel I don't feel like I had a labor with her yeah Ooh. wow what a very special story. but I didn't bleed I didn't tear I I had a second degree tear first time I didn't bleed with her at all there was no tearing you know so it was just it was a dream really if you had a first-time mama in front of you right now, it's about mm. to have her first baby, and she really mm. wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, mm. what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Well, the first thing I would say is to choose where you birth very, very carefully and to birth to choose who you birth with very, very carefully. In my time as a doula, I have seen so many first-time mums choose private obstetricians or hospitals as their first birth, and they and they will often say, "I'm choosing this because this is my first labour, and I just want to make sure that everything's okay, and maybe after that I'll have a home birth." It's tough. I mean, statistically speaking, if you if you book, there are some amazing private obstetricians out there, but if you book a private obstetrician, the statistics are much, 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 much less likely that you will get a physiological birth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they um, are the experts of pathology and surgery. 
That's right. And I have women book private hospitals because the rooms are nice or they get sent to a hotel in the days afterwards for their aftercare. Just book a hotel instead. (laughs) That's what I say. Save your $15,000, $20,000 and book a lovely hotel. Yeah. And and because the, the midwives in those hospitals, again, there are some great ones in there, but they are not seeing physiological birth day in, day out. You know, some of those hospitals have a 95% epidural rate. So those midwives are not well-practiced in, in supporting physiological birth. It yeah. just is not what happens in there day in, day out. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that is the one thing of years of supporting women. You know, they think they're getting a safety net by booking a more medical caregiver and it really pans out that way. You know, getting the first birth right, and I say right, there's no right or wrong, but if you want physiological births, getting the first one right is is a big deal because that will set your train. You know, if you end up with a Caesar for your first birth, and some of them obviously are unavoidable, but if you end up with a Caesar, you know, for value to progress and all of those reasons that we see all the time that are absolute bullshit bullshit yes then the rest of your the rest of your birthing journey is hinged around that experience you can't that that comes with you that creates your path forward yeah. and it's not to say you can't go on and smash a v-back next time but it's going to have a big effect. So that that are my two biggest things. Belief in yourself, that's the other one. you got to find the trust in your body because so much of it is in your mind, so much, much more than in your body. Your body will do it. Your mind has to be on board. Yeah. So get your mind on board. Get your birth team who is absolutely on board with the kind of birth that you want and choose your place of birth very, very carefully. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So important. Mm. Mm. I love that you mentioned the mind because the mind will get in the way if you don't program it correctly. 100%. And she can hold that cervix closed. Yes. For you many, can do many all days. the squats. Yeah. yeah, you can do all the yoga and all the squats and all the walking, but if your head is not like, yeah, I can fucking do this. Yes, I can birth this baby. Yes, we are completely capable. Mm then you're up against it from the beginning. Mm. Yeah, you need that deep mm. trust in the process in, and to mm. lean into that intensity to dare to go there. 100%. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your birth stories. Now, if anyone hasn't seen Birth Time, do you want to share how they can do so? Yeah. So our website is birthtime.world. And you can stream it. You can purchase it for 48 hours and um, watch it via our website. All of our socials are at Birth Time World, so you can follow us there. You can still host screenings in cinemas um, if you like. So the way we released it, we released it in cinemas first because we were so passionate about people coming together and watching it. And also it's a film that is made for the big screen. I mean, it's extraordinary watching. There there are several births in the film and I bet you've never seen, you know, a real birth on 
a cinema screen before. It's a whole other experience. So we had a cinema release for six months before it went to online. You can also plan a community screening. So you can have a smaller, you know, 15, 20, 50 people kind of screening in a venue of your choice. There's lots of options for that. We also have discount rates for birth workers or midwives or doulas who gift the film to their clients. Mm -hmm. So they can purchase, you know, I I think it's 10 um, gift certificates of the film and you get that for a reduced rate. So it's a really nice thing that birth workers do gift the film to their clients. Uh, Yeah. It's a good one for partners to see. That was a lot of the feedback we got was we would have women come thinking this is a birth film and this is all women's business and then and then they would wish they brought their partners and they would often then bring their partners. In fact, we got a, I got a message the other day from a woman <clears throat> and she said that's how I, showing my partner was how I convinced him that we were going to have a home birth. And I think she had her parents uh, mm. at her birth, but she said the condition of them coming was that they watched the film first. Mm. So people are really using it as an educational tool. Mm. Uh, but we get we get messages daily from from women all over the world who had chosen a model of care and then change midway. They see the film and they change midway through, mm. and then they message us triumphant, going because mm. of your film, I changed my care. And this is the birth I got and I couldn't be happier. It's really beautiful. Mm. That makes me so happy serving its purpose. And, you know, similarly, I get these kind of messages from women listening to this podcast and men too. I've had men also share. And so thank you for coming and sharing this to them, hearing your story as well. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please consider sharing it. Leave a review or make a contribution on our Patreon page. And if you want to connect on social media, then find the podcast on Instagram as The Natural Birth Podcast. Thank you for listening.